Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome to It's a Crime. I'm Linda, for those of you who don't know me. And tonight we have a really, really great show. I'm so excited to have Chris McDonough on. Now, most of you know who he is, but some of you may not. So what I'm going to, uh, what, what, how I'm going to introduce him, okay, because I did a little snooping today. And uh, I didn't know some of these things. And I know you guys are going to be fascinated. We know we've seen him on Profiling Evil. He's a retired homicide detective. And he is an expert in death investigators, interviewing and criminal behavior analysis. So like, while I'm talking about this, you guys give just a bunch of hearts and thumbs up because I'm just so excited for him to be on. Um, I have known him for the last, I think, six months, and we've been chit-chatting it up off and on for quite some time. He's my buddy. And um, there's some really, really cool stuff in store tonight. I can't wait for him to explain it to you guys. One more thing, though. This is really cool what I've read today, and I knew a tiny bit, but not all of this. He's actually investigated and solved hundreds of homicides and consulted nationally on investigations, including John Benet Ramsey and Elizabeth Smart. You guys may have known those are huge cases and a lot more. He's also been training, and I think you've done this already, haven't you, Chris? I'll, I'll let you say hi in a minute, but you know, you yeah. got a resume a little bit long here. <laughs> He's um, training Native American hom uh, Homicide Task Force as part of the Cold Case Foundation. We're going to learn more about that tonight. And he has now started his very own channel called The Interview Room. So now, please welcome my fellow YouTuber and buddy, Chris McDonough, to the show. Hi, Linda. First of all, let me say, seriously, I mean, I am, I'm humbled and, and I'm grateful that you would, um, you know, quite frankly, take out of your family time to you know, come chit chat with a buddy. And, um, you know, this is a, a, a real opportunity for me to ha have an opportunity to, you know, connect with some more people. So oh, I'm grateful. Yeah. I, lo I love that you're on and I know it's going to be a great night. I was searching a little bit in the comments earlier, seeing what people are saying and they're mm -hmm. just so excited. They're so excited. They said, this is going to be some sort of chat tonight. They're, it's going to be good. So it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be great. So what I thought we'll do is first, we're going to talk a little bit about your channel. We'll talk a little bit about that and um, and a couple things. And then we'll go into the Orin and Orson West case. You okay. and I have talked a little bit about, you know, do you know about it? Do I know about it? Have we been following it? So we're going to get into a little bit of that. I got a lot of questions for you as well. So what we're also going to do is I'm going to go back in the chat here and there because there's going to be some questions and comments and already I see Charles C says, hey guys, two of my faves. I love you both. So glad you're teamed up. Keep up the amazing content, guys. Thank you so much, Charles C. Nice to see you. So let's get into this. No, wait, okay. now let's get into it. Um, tell me a little bit about the interview. Tell all of us in here about the interview room. 
Well, I, you know, first of all, I appreciate, uh, you know, everybody being here. Uh, it's great uh, saying hi uh, to everyone. Um, you know, when I first, when Mike first asked me to come to, you know, profiling, he said, uh, you know, hey, you know, would you uh, come on as a guest and, you know, spend some time? And I said, absolutely for you, anything. I mean, we've been dear friends for, as you know, forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, as, you know, time went on, he was like, you know, you, maybe you need to expand a little bit more here. So, um, you know, he's kind of the one I told him I'd lower his property value when I first started. And, uh, you know, he knows that to be a true statement. But um, no. so I did. I, I he, you know, in his, with his support and friendship, he said, you know, get out there. And I said, OK. And now I'm still going to be coming on, you know, every once in a while on choir practice, obviously, with him. And, you know, still keep that uh, support going there for for my buddy. But so. What we're going to do on the in the interview room is uh, really we're going to have uh, fascinating stories and people uh, about people. You know, we're going to hit unsolved crimes. We're going to, you know, hopefully have some mystery stuff in there as well. And um, my wife and I bought uh, um, uh, an Airstream. And so I sold my house. I am literally sitting in a uh, Airbnb. Uh, I'm picking up delivery of this um, Airstream coming up in, uh, I think, around February, first couple of weeks of February. And then we're we're just going to start cruising and we're going to look for fascinating things. And, you know, we'll we'll call you and others and say, hey, you know, what's uh, what do you need out here? And if I'm in the area, I'll, I'll drop in for for Miss Linda and say, hey. You know, uh, <laughs> she's got a question, you know, <laughs> and uh, so, um, you know, I've, I'm also still, you know, heavily involved in the Cold Case Foundation uh, and, you know, supporting them uh, through this effort out in the field. You know, that's one of the things, you know, for our viewers, if you've not had an opportunity to go see, if I can, yeah, if you've course. not had an opportunity to get up there uh, to see the Cold Case Foundation, uh, get over there. These guys... Uh, they have over 300 cases right now uh, that they're helping families, law enforcement and victims. And, uh, you know, they're a 501c3. So uh, they have a little area there. It's called Cold Case Live. Uh, I think it's like $2.99 a month, but it opens up a variety of just a tremendous amount of things. I mean, podcasts, just everything. And they also have a place over there called The Vault. And that's where families, victims, uh, families who have victims that uh, they've approached law enforcement and they want some more help. Um, there's a staff of about 85 in uh, different types of uh, expertises from all around the world. Um, most recently, uh, I'll give you an example of what that looks like. Uh, we just did a case from Siberia. Uh, there was a young man who was an, uh, a U.S. citizen uh, who was found in the snow. And their family reached out and the Cold Case Foundation weighed in on that. And I was privileged to help uh, in that particular situation. So uh, the channel is called The Interview Room uh, with Chris McDonough. Uh, I leave that piece of it off, but it's called The Interview Room. Uh, And my first thing that we're going to take on is uh, uh, Suzanne Morphew's case. I mean, we're going to to kind of dive into that a little bit more. That, a little bit that's deeper. awesome. And I'm going to I'm going to ask you something in there because everybody's buzzing about this. But uh, if you guys haven't already done so, you can check out uh, Chris's <laughs> channel. We'll put that in the description. It's already in the description below. But also if the mods in here, if you could put that in as well, that'd be great. And um, 
head over there, subscribe, make sure you hit that notification bell as well, because you want to be notified when he brings out his, uh, his videos. And so the buzz is, this is what they're asking me, Linda, did Chris really talk to Barry? So what can you tell us about this upcoming uh, video that's coming up? Because I believe you said January 24th, correct? 24th. Yep. We're going to kick it off on the 24th and then uh, we're going to play uh, the first video and then we're going to have uh, a live right after that to kind of uh, a Q&A and uh, talking about that. And as you know, I've invited Miss Linda. Uh, if you're available to come on to that, with, uh, we're going to have some other great guests. I don't want to tip my hat who they're going to be, but they're going to be uh, pretty amazing uh, folks. And um, yeah, uh, I had a, I had a, a chat with the, uh, with the, uh, Barry Sussman or with Suzanne Sussman. Yep. And wow. uh, um, we're going to play it. And uh, wow. you know, we'll, we'll see where it, we'll see where it goes. You, you know, you got to lay a foundation, right? Whenever you're looking into a particular case and, you know, sometimes that involves trust. And uh, so we'll see where it goes. Um, so it, I don't want to tip my hat too much because he could no. be watching too, you know, yeah. simultaneously because I know he's been monitoring uh, social media. So uh, we'll, we'll just kind of let it, uh, sit there. And if you can make it on the 24th, great. I'll uh, be there. Love to have you there. And, uh, hopefully, um, you know, we'll, it'll be a good kickoff for some more things. I made a commitment, um, you know, to, to that family, uh, to yeah. at least, to, to see what we can do. So, yes. Know. And she hasn't been found yet. So of course, yeah. yeah. The most important thing is, is to find Suzanne. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Most important. Well, Family still needs peace. Go ahead. I just saw here that we have a little visitor in here. Um, okay. Where is he? Where did he go? I, I have to scroll in this thing. I need, I need a little bit of a, what's the back office as well. I always say to Tyler, <laughs> I'm jealous because, you know, it'd be nice just to have somebody flick the button. I saw Judy Ryan here. Linda and Chris love you guys. Let let love to get together with you guys in the future on some cases. Yes, Judy Ron, I've been thinking about you, and you have a spot on here as well. We'll just chit chat and, and coordinate that. Absolutely. And I would love to highlight your. <laughs> I would love to highlight your comment, but I can only see it at the top, and I don't know where it went. So, uh, lots of love. <laughs> just can't find you. <clears throat> and um, my flock says hi, Chris. It's Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Oh, Sarah Clement. I know Sarah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. From SoCal. Yeah. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> That's Thank awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and um, there's also some members who are climbing into our my crime ring here in membership. I just want to say hi and welcome. All right. So I'm so excited for your channel. I think this is going to be you. absolutely great. I love that. I love you're doing this. It's one of those things that I love both you and Mike and profiling evil's awesome. And then when I heard that you're doing something uh, separate and he's continuing profiling evil, to me, it wasn't a shock. It was almost like a natural progression to me. I wasn't like, what? I just thought, wow, this is awesome. It makes sense to me. It just, it just does. So I'm so excited for you. I think it's going to be something that, uh, well, um, that you're going to be able to end Mike just, just flourish in something you do you and and Mike's doing him and you guys have such great ideas and great backward backgrounds and um I think it's gonna be awesome I, I, I just so excited 
Yeah, I mean, we're we're natural yin and yang, and you know, he, he, you know, he called me a racehorse. You know, that was kind of you know his <laughs> MO, right? And you know, um, you know, so and, and I have been. I mean, that's just been my nature. And anybody that knows me, um, that I go, you know, pretty quick, pretty uh, not, but I go methodically. Uh, I have a method to my madness, and and it's uh, been very successful uh, in terms of what I learned. And and I'm the first one to tell you I don't know what I. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know. Um, right. I, I, I learned a long, t- long time ago, and you may have experienced this too, and you know, tell me what your feelings are, but I was on a, a caper one time where um, you know, there was a, a forensic anthropologist. His name was Roger Hegler. And he was out of the University of San Francisco. He's a very, very, very well-respected guy. And we were, um, it was a um, a victim uh, who had been buried. And long story short, Roger was in in there. And this is like an archaeological dig, you know, as these things are kind of progressing, right? And he comes across something and it was a bone. And there was a guy standing next to me and he holds the bone up and he says, uh, he said, Chris, what is this? And... I knew, you know, wisdom had taught me, keep your mouth shut, you know, because if you don't know, don't say it, okay? And so I just stood there. I said, you know, Doc, I have no idea, right? That's what he does, right? And then he yeah. turned to the other guy. He says, he says, what is this? And the guy next to me goes, well, it looks like a dog bone. And he goes, wrong, just like that. And I went, you know, just, you know don't say anything, man. Don't say it, dude. He goes... He goes, or no, he, he said, it looks like a leg bone or something like that. And he goes wrong. And he says, it's a dog bone. I had it backwards. He goes, it's a dog bone. And, and I learned that very moment, you know, keep your mouth shut. You know, if, if uh, it's, it's better to be a good listener uh, than, uh, you know, a good, um, I think I know everything. And sometimes that gets you in trouble Yeah. because when you have to be direct to people, you know, that gets read off as, you know, this guy's arrogant or this guy's that and that, you know, okay. Uh, I may, I'm not, I try not to be, uh, but I, I can be direct sometimes. And um, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. I don't know. I, I always like direct. Now <laughs> I have a question for you. Cause it just brings up something um, in the paramedic field. Like my husband's a paramedic, they have something. I am sure you guys maybe call it the same thing of compassion fatigue. So I'm just wondering, though, in all the cases that you've done, over time, you can see patterns, you can see, you know, like guesstimate, this is going to end up this way, this is going to end up that way. Do you stand back and have to remind yourself in it going, okay, this isn't the other case, this could end up differently? Or is it really, really hard not to uh, go down just that one path? Does does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's a great, that's a great thought process where, you know, where, where investigators get in trouble uh, is they start asking the how versus the why. why. 
and you know they they don't take into consideration you know the more whys that you have to ask uh and and so whatever what ends up happening is you get into this pattern you know that you're talking about where cases start to overlap each other uh yeah. and uh, are you experiencing that i mean just even what you're doing i mean you're you just you just you do such marvelous work in in you know tying patterns together but do you find let me ask you do you find yourself you know kind of you know tying things together you know and, and forgetting oh yeah wait a minute i'm not working on ballo i'm over here working on you know the kids now right i think one no i do feel like that in the beginning when you first when i first start but once mm -hmm. i start really knowing what's going on, I can separate it. But do yep. you find that, oh, this sounds like so much like this is similar to this guy or this is similar to that guy, but reminding yourself that, hey, I still got to step back and I still got to look at this as neutral in the beginning, right? Would yeah, you say? absolutely. Yeah. And, and so those signature characteristics is what we'll call those, right? Are, are, the, are there similarities in relationship to each individual event? Uh, and so you start looking for, ser you know, series, series characteristics, right? And, and in homicides, obviously, you're looking for, you know, signature patterns right. uh, within, within the suspectology. Is the suspect doing a certain way of things, okay? And are they learning from doing it this way to the next one? And you'll see a progression in that behavioral analysis aspect. And so, yeah, as an investigator, you have to step back and say, okay, I've seen this before. But it might not necessarily be what I was thinking, A, B, C, or D. Yeah. Gotcha. So you have, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good yeah, point. It's probably easy, I guess, maybe to an untrained um, or or maybe a new detective or something that they're mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I, I got this. And, you know, if Eagle gets in the way, they, they kind of go down that. I just... I just have these conversations with my husband too, just in, in terms of compassion fatigue, because sometimes you stop thinking of your patients as, as I don't want to say people, but um, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes they just, they just call it that compassion fatigue, where you got to remember that, you know, this is somebody's grandma, this is somebody's sister, this is somebody brother. And, um, and, and, and that, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and and you also have to remember there's other victims on the other side. Uh, yeah, you know because even though you're putting a set of bracelets on somebody for potentially the rest of their life, okay, uh, they have a family too. Yeah, and and you see those dynamics play out during the you know the victim impact statements and and stuff that we've all experienced in you know in watching court trials, but we we forget that uh, you know some of these people you know, just went off and they're not necessarily, you know, they, what they did is, is bad and, and evil and wrong. Okay. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do obviously is, is try to take uh, somebody's life. Okay. Yeah. But you know, some people crack and when they crack, they do stupid things and, and then they get, you know, they take it to even further, further things. But the people that wake up in the morning, uh, like, you know, just normal you and I every single day and, and all of our friends here and our, you know, our listeners here, uh, there are people that wake up every single day and say, okay, you know, it's uh, 845 time to make a, you know, bag of lunch and go kill somebody. Right. And, and, and they exist. There's between 25 and 55 of those uh, individuals they estimate, um, you know, out there uh, in the environment that basically go to work to kill people. 
uh, and they haven't been captured yet. So it's a, you know it's a full time opportunity for them. But um, you know people like us, uh, you know when I say us, you know the the community as a whole, you know citizens, um, you know that's what we're doing. That's what this true crime thing is all about. We're trying yes. to figure out okay, you know how does this? What does this look like? And you know is it the is it somebody or something that uh, can kind of that we can connect some of the dots. So interesting stuff. I think that's exactly it. Like you were saying, some people just have, there's a saying and I'm not going to swear on here, but uh, there's a saying where it's like, there, there are no a-holes, just a-hole behavior. (laughs) Yeah. Right. 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 Adam Henry. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, I, I can see that. So sometimes it's hard, right. When you're in it, in the thick of it and, Uh, It's hard sometimes to step back and go, oh, yeah, that's somebody's son, that's somebody's brother, that's somebody's cousin or whatever, or dad, somebody's dad. So it's it's difficult. I'm sure you guys probably have learned that and and how to separate that kind of thing. And then, you know, for somebody like myself who gets a little riled up about it, sometimes I go a little bit off and then I just back myself up, breathe it out and then just continue on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I still have uh, a, a young lady that you know, uh, quite frankly, you know, um, um, her name was Valisa Ray Joy, uh, and you know, she was working the streets, and I talked to her about two hours before she vanished, uh, and about three days later, they found her. It was a body dump off of the interstate uh, in uh, in the mountains, uh, off the Interstate Eight, and come to find out, she was connected to there were forty three different women. Uh, oh, back wow. uh, in uh, San Diego County, it was, um, you know, they were, uh, it was connected to an individual. Um, this guy's name was Porter, was his last name. But uh, I, I, I can tell you this day, you know, the they could never, I work vice uh, from 1984 to 1986, a couple of weekends. And, you know, when people would say, so what do you do? And I'd say, well, you know, I, I pick up hookers. And they're like, what? (laughs) No, really. I go to work and I I pick up hookers. And they're like, what? I I actually arrest them. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not that guy, you know. And uh, But I came to understand, you know, that the human condition, uh, you know, they didn't choose to be there, 90% of them. And so I came to understand a little empathy. uh, Yeah. Not understanding where they're at, but... You know, and so when they're gone, it's kind of like, okay, what are, what am I learning here? You know, what what am I learning as a human being? Uh, yeah. I may not agree with what they're doing. In fact, I don't agree with what they're doing, but they're human beings, and so that compassion, uh, I think you pick it up. Uh, at least I hope you pick it up, uh, and um, you know, you can you can kind of condition yourself to say, okay, I have to tell this story. I have to tell the story. It doesn't matter what it is. And so, yeah. yeah, there was just a um, a recent movie I watched with Mr. Linda, and it was about a, a woman's daughter who went missing, and she she was working the streets, and um, mm-hmm. and she fought, and she, her mom fought for her, fought for her, fought for her, and she's yeah. like, if you're not going to listen, I'm going to make you listen, and she just posted. She's like, I'll come in this in this. Uh, you know, cop shop every day if I have to and post her picture. And she, it was a great movie. It was a really yeah. great movie. They ended up yeah. finding her and uh, unfortunately she was deceased, but it, it was just a really good look that way of, 
um, you know, people, they're, they're, human is a human, doesn't matter, yeah. you know, and it doesn't matter. And, and a lot of people are struggling. That's the bottom line is somebody who's in, who's in that line of work, let's just say, I mean, they're struggling with a lot of things, right? And it's yeah. just even, yeah. you know, being, feeling worthy and all that. That's another, that's another show, but yeah. Um, and, yeah. and think of the pendulum on that, right? Can I just one thought? Yes, 100%. So the, pen, the, the pendulum on that was one of the other girls. Okay. I'm not going to name her name. She, she gets picked up and the a subject tries to strangle her in the car. Okay. And patrol gets there and calls me and I end up talking to her off to the side and she turns to me and says, you know, hey, by the way, it's A, B, C, and D, okay? It ended up being that guy. Oh, and my gosh. It, yeah, so one side of the pendulum is we could look at that situation that they're involved in and right. not quite, uh, right? And then the other side of it is she actually solved the case, okay? So, yeah, I mean, the, the, universe, yeah. is on, the universe is on schedule, as I like to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's it's fascinating too. It's unfortunate in these, in these circumstances, but it's fascinating what we could learn and um, you know, it, and then just how everything happens. So I see retired Sergeant Melinda's in here. Hello, Chris, Linda, y'all are amazing okay. people. Love y'all so much. Stay safe and keep on keeping on. Nice to yep. see you. So <laughs> I think. So what's on your mind, Miss Linda? Where, where are we okay. going? Where do you want to go? This is your Here's show. What we got to talk about because I've been itching to talking about this for, for well, all week really. Um, I'm sure you've heard, well, I know you've heard of the Orn and Orson West case. Yep. And I'm sure everybody in here tonight is probably just really wanting to hear about this. Let me just scroll back here. Um, I'm just gonna take a just a couple of questions here, Chris, before we segue into it. Chris, I grew up in the Seattle area and Washington tends to raise lots of ser serial, uh, sorry, serial killers. Why do you think that is? That's Question. a very interesting, yeah, that's a very interesting question. So I interviewed Wesley Allen Dodd. You're probably familiar with him in the, the Washington area. Um, he was in Walla Walla State Prison. Uh, he was a serial child killer. Uh, and I spent, uh, I was actually one of the last interviews with him. Uh, they, he, he was on death row. And, uh, you know, you have, you have uh, the Green River Killer up there. Uh, and, you know, obviously in the Bay Area, you know, you have the what's the most recent guy, the Golden State uh, guy, and, and, you know, who broke, uh, he was broken through the uh, DNA for uh, genetics. And and I know that's a fascination of yours too, right? I mean, I know you're, you're, you're big into, yeah. It, it, well, that would be cool. You know, you need to follow that. You need to follow that dream uh, because you're, you would be really, really good at it. Uh, I, I, you know, I yeah. really was so nerdy at that DNA. I love it. Yeah, that's cool stuff. And so, you know, I don't know if it's in the water. Uh, I don't know, you know, what what the problem is up there, but uh, uh, it seems like there's some wackadoodles. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, wackadoodles. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it, basically. It's interesting. Thank you, Heidi. All right. Look at Jenny's even saying the Wests, please. Yes. Okay. So yeah. okay. now let's get into this. Okay. So recap, we know children are reported missing on the 21st of December, which happens to be a Monday. 
uh, one of the things I always say, for some reason in the cases that I cover, it seems to be a Monday that these children go missing. I don't know what it is. Two days before the children went missing, there was surveillance. Um, so the West, right, Jacqueline and Trizel have six children, two biological, two uh, adopted, which are, who is, um, um, Orin and Orson, and then these other two children, some are saying they're adopted, some people are saying they're foster kids. So six in total. But on mm -hmm. Saturday, two days before, these four children are seen going into a van. We don't know which four children, but we know only four, not six, go into this van, go to Bakersfield to see grandma for vacation. Okay. Okay, so you've seen the interview, correct? Yes. What are your first... Uh, if you could share your first thoughts or, or um, impressions of this interview. Okay, so, so the first place I, 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 I want to start is, uh, and I, I just wrote it out here. I don't know if you can see it. No. So, okay, so this is called the victim continuum. Okay. Okay, so over here, low, medium, high. Okay. And then in, and over That's here, environment, right. situation, situation. Okay. Yep. Right. Environment, circumstance, situation. OK, so in, with the victim continuum, first of all, we have to ask three questions. What's the environment? What's the yep. situation? What's the circumstance? OK, and then we need to compare that to is is this low risk activity? Is this medium risk activity or right. is this high risk activity? OK, so the lower the risk level to the associated crime, the higher consideration given. Okay, to the victim being targeted by a specific offender, and they're known. Okay, the higher the risk level, then to the associated crime, then the higher probably the offender is a stranger to the victim. Right. So we need to we need to ask a couple of questions. Yep. Is is the situation, environment, and circumstance do they correlate to a low, medium, or high risk activity? What do you think? Low. Okay, I would agree with you. Okay, so the situation is potentially they were last seen where? At home. At home. So that right. would also encompass their environment, right? Correct. W okay, where at home? What was the environment they were last seen at? Uh, the, um, at, at the at the patio in the backyard. Yeah, in the backyard, right? So backyard, yeah. okay. Yeah. Is that a low, medium, or high-risk activity? I still would say low. Okay. So that would go into the circumstances as a whole. So right now, the victim continuum tells us that they're probably known to the offender. Right. Okay? Right now. So investigators hopefully are running off of this formula. Okay. And it sounds and, like they are. Right. And so let's, let's look at a comparative analysis to Elizabeth Spark. She's yep. in her bedroom. Okay. That a low, medium, or high risk activity. Low very low. Okay. She just yeah. evaporates out of her house. Okay. So was, was the victim or was the suspect known to the offender? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I.e. there was a connection back to the home. Okay. So in this circumstance, there's a couple of things we want to look at initially when you have about 72 hours, uh, but the first three hours as as you know, other people have called them the golden hours for like medical care and that kind of stuff right. for children, for children. Okay. That first three to six hours is critical. Right. Okay? 
Very critical. Okay. So the first things that cops have to figure out is when they go on scene is immediately go into the house. Okay. I didn't see that personally yet. Okay. I saw, I saw them drive around the neighborhood and, and to your, I, I watched your videos. Okay. And um, so what are your thoughts about that? Um, about them going in the house or in general about what you're just saying? Yeah. in just in both in, in general, I don't want to keep talking. Yeah, six hours is critical. I agree. Um, especially given their age, three and four. And, and dad is saying they were at the patio. First thing you're going to go is at the house in and out. Agreed. Yep. Okay. So the second, so the second piece of this now puzzle comes into the victimology and the history of the family. Okay. So the initial search that takes place. Okay. And, and, you know, police officers are, are trained, go into the house, look under the beds, do all the things that any, you know, stricken parent would do right? right. 10 times over. Okay. And then you go back and you do it again. Okay. And, and sometimes you have to do it two or three times because little kids, you know, are known to go sleep in closets or. They, you know, yeah. They go hide and fall asleep. Hide yeah. And see. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's a game. Okay. Yeah. So once those pieces of the puzzle are done and you have nothing happening at that moment, okay. Now you have a critical decision and the critical decision is you start looking with inside of that first circle. Okay. You start looking at the family dynamics. You start looking at the, if this is a CPS situation, is this is, you know, department of social services situation, and in California, you know, because that's where I did my career, has yeah. a real extensive, uh, you know, social services program. Okay, uh, people are vetted, uh, but you know, they're not necessarily vetted, you know, a hundred percent. Okay, but they could be. Okay, and so then you start looking at those dynamics quickly. Okay, and the 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 third piece of that dynamic then is you start looking for RSOs or what they call two nineties, okay, registered sex offenders, right in the in in the geographic region, and there are twenty five of them in around that neighborhood, and I think eleven okay. close, right, eleven close by, exactly, yep, and then there are five that are not mapped, and one of them is a high priority. Uh, he's what they call a red dot, okay? okay, and and that's somebody who you know, has uh, the victimology of those types of uh, victims, okay? So you you immediately want to dive into that scenario quickly. Right, because uh, you want to rule that in or out. Rule it quickly, right. Yeah. And so they do what they call fourth waiver searches, uh, where you go ring and ring doorbells. Remember the old, you know, uh, knock and talks, okay? Uh, you know, that's where, that's where you want to, the reason those are in place is for scenarios like this. So right. you, you show up on the doorstep and say, hey, you know, hey, Frank, you know, I'm here, you know, detective so-and-so, uh, got a minute? You know, yeah, sure, you know, come on in. Okay, well, by the way, you're a fourth waiver, i.e. you're out on parole or and probation. And so you don't have any Fourth Amendment rights because you signed that off because technically you're still in custody. Okay, you're just uh, out in the public arena. And you start diving into that dogs quickly. Go ahead. Okay. And so, so in that point now they, they go and look, they talk to these guys, but there's surveillance that pops up from the neighbor. Now mm -hmm. the neighbor shows 
these children never left the yard. There's no sign of the children and there's no sign of the children walking out the front. And there's only one way the children could go, which is through the gate where the uh, where Trezell was standing and then kind of left post for a minute and then came back and lo and behold, these children are gone. Mm-hmm. He did not search the backyard. He did not search the sides of the house. Let me rephrase that. No one in the video searched the sides and around. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into the front. He stands, sorry, he leaves, goes for six minutes around a loop, comes back, mm-hmm. and then stands in the front yard for 13 minutes before mm-hmm. waiting for the cops to come, still has not searched the front yard, hasn't searched the adjacent yards, didn't go to the neighbor's house, didn't go to knock. To me, in my opinion, as mm-hmm. a parent who has no idea where your child, my child is, I'm scrambling and I'm going to go, oh my gosh, have you seen my kids? Can you help me? I haven't seen my blah, 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 blah. freaking out, <laughs> yeah. right? And then yeah. waiting on the phone. Okay. Yeah. I can't find my children. I'm walking around. Um, here's the address, uh, and, you know, and keep going. What I find interesting. Okay. So we don't have any, um, any sign of children leaving the yard. And so I can understand. And I, I think about you all the time saying, we haven't left the house. Mm-hmm. We haven't left the house yet. So yep. just to finish up, though, he's done his six-minute tour, comes back, waits 13 minutes. Police arrive, and he must have said something to the police because they go the same way as where he searched, and he climbs in his vehicle and goes the exact same way. Yep. I then, saw comes, that. then comes back. Notable, wifey doesn't do anything at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where is she? Where is she at this point? I, I can't remember. Is she in the? Is she? Do we know where she is at this point? Do, do so we, we see her a little bit come walking out to go talk mm-hmm. to the police, and then mm-hmm. we're. I'm not fully sure, hundred percent, if mm-hmm. she went back in the house or she's just waiting there, and you just can't see her. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, he does this other loop, and he does not. Want, seem to want to go the other way he goes the same exact way well if your kids aren't that way and how much can you search in six minutes right notably told the chief 15 to 20 minutes he was searching mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so so okay i'll let you talk and then i have another thing to ask no no keep going you're I, i'm listening i'm listening yeah, because I'm, so, I'm fascinated by your thoughts so you know finish your thought i mean there's obviously right we'll call these flags right these red are red flags, flags. Red flags, right? How many Red do we flag. have? How many, how many do we have so far? Like, you know, I think it you mentioned the like yard or the side. One, okay, one the front. Two. <laughs> I'm writing no down. It's on camera. Three. Uh, didn't. Um, sorry. Uh, searched for six minutes. Not on foot. Decided to go around the the loop. Okay, four. Right? Notable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a three to four minute drive. So. How fast was he going or how slow was he going? And mm-hmm. he said he talked to a gentleman about the children. So okay. he's still back in record time. Then gets out, talks, to, waits 13 minutes, which another red flag, let's just say. So we're at what, five yeah. now? Five, okay. yep. Okay. Here's the weird thing, though. I want to back up just a sec. Okay. At, at 4.30 on camera, this is bizarre. The lights flick on and off three times, on, off, on, off on off 
what the heck is that about? Because it's right after he's been in his yard, you can see him kind of bending over and standing up and then these, these lights flick off. Now, here's the thing, info snack, everybody, info snack. Here's the thing, <laughs> he says on his interview. Let me get some water. <laughs> right? You might need some popcorn for this one. Bring it. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so he says, the reporter says, what time did you call the cops and what time did your children go missing? And he says, between 4.30 and 5, that's it. That's when everything played out. Guess what, what time those lights flicked on and off? Hit me. 4.30. Same exact time, he says. Same so exact he, time. he's cutting the wood allegedly in the backyard, right? Throwing wood. Yeah, throwing wood. Yeah. And by the way, I checked the temperature. It's 34 degrees around that time. Today. Yeah. Okay, four three. I I had fifty six. Why did I have fifty six? Well, it it dropped. It went from fifty six to a low of thirty four. Okay. So so it could be in between that. Yep. Good point. Which in Canada is still warm, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not you guys down there. It could be. Um. um so okay. you've got the uh, another red flag. Let's add this one, right? You've got the kids with that temperature playing in the backyard with chalk. Right. Only on a on a concrete patio, which is cold. Right, three to four so years old. You right? Guys, right? Right. <clears throat> right, three or four. Now, tell me something. Mm -hmm. What three and four-year-old that you ever know would sit in one spot playing with y'all? Well, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you that I never sit in any right? spot for right? more than five minutes. Right. No, it doesn't happen. All right. Right. So gonna, well, remember, their attention span is three minutes. Right. For each oh. age, right? Yep. Yeah. Minute, so you have, minute you have a year. For three minutes and four year old. Okay. Let's mm -hmm. let's add that flag. How many are we at, you guys? Six flags, seven, seven flags. What are we at? Right? Yeah, we're yep, six or seven. Here's the other thing. There's no artwork on that patio. Eight. Okay. <laughs> Here's the other info snack. 4.30, the lights flick on and off. Where's the kids? Where's the kids? 4.33, he's in his vehicle. So in three minutes, a three-year-old and a four-year-old is no longer on the property. How far can they go? Let me tell you. I did a little searchy search. And when okay. you do a map, an adult can walk maybe a block in three minutes, right? But now you have a three and four-year-old with uh, legs this size, okay? Probably pretty close to mine because I'm only five five feet tall. So I'm not far off from what a little kid can walk. You okay. can't go far. So why are you hopping in the van? What do you think? I mean, what, what's your thought? Why, why, why is he doing this? Well, everybody's going to have a nice little video tomorrow. However, <laughs> there's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a, um, uh, push and pull on this. Okay. Because I'm not saying for sure, but I extracted all the weird things they said and talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to look like they need it or they want it, or it was made to look like a kidnapping. Okay. Okay. And I don't want to say that for the hundred percent accuracy. I'm just saying, holy crap. I don't, there's something going on. 
why would you not walk on foot if they're only gone for three minutes and you climb in a van and you take them east? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When he says they're going to be rambunctious, super odd line. Why are you talking about that? To me, it's like, well, if we're thinking kidnapping or the, the parents are thinking, okay, we got to talk like this is a kidnapping, then they are going to be rambunctious because if you're a four-year-old and you know that's not mommy and daddy and they're taking you, what would you act? Rambunctious? Possibly. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, call that, they call that, did the victim contrib contribute to their own victimization? There, there's an actual term for that. Okay, look they, at that. Right. And of course, you know, a three-year-old can't contribute to their own victimization. So, right. Right. So rambunctious does not fit the behavioral analysis of this problem. Okay. So mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm glad you're picking up what I'm putting down. Okay. So the other weird thing, okay, is the first line would support the theory of wanting it to be a kidnapping mm -hmm. because we don't let them, we, we uh, keep them on the, let me, do not let them go on the dirt in the backyard. You keep them close. Let me fill in the blank. Otherwise you're going to be stolen mm -hmm. or kidnapped. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel about this. And then I'm like, well, does this support it? Now, let me back up. When I pulled all these words out, I didn't think of the theme yet. I'm like, let's just pull the weird things and take a look at it. And that's when I went, you buggers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, because I mean, I, I turned on the light. You're in a van. Aren't there lights? And I said, well, maybe he misspoke, but he did turn the light on in the backyard when everything played out three okay. times. So is he flicking the light? What is your take on flicking the lights on? Is this a red flag? Meaning is he signaling somebody or is he just playing the game or is this like, what could it be? I'm not saying he did do this or there is a kidnapping or, right. but the light flickering is a red flag to me. What do you think? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's probably a hundred uh, reasons we could come up with that. He could, it could be into his sophistication and impulse uh, of, uh, you know, is he trying to, like you're saying, and like we're thinking, okay, is he trying to play it? Is right. this, you know, uh, is this a play that, right. you know, okay. One of the questions that one, one to, to help for me to answer that question would, would be, did he know that the neighbor had a video management system? Okay. Do we know, do we have evidence of that somewhere? Do we know that? No. Does he, maybe but somebody can help have them put that in your comments. Yeah, let, let me know in the knows, comments, right? guys. One thing <laughs> I don't say is the neighbor made comments of how weird it was, how he parked his car parallel because the v, because the two houses across the street have cameras. My question yeah. was, does he always park like that or only these two dates, the 19th and the 21st? If it's the 19th and 21st, then I feel that those children did live in that house. Mm-hmm. And they need to look uh, near the house. Yeah, yeah the um, driveway there. So we have to kind of put this in the, the what if category, right? Yeah, because that driveway if. does does come up and it could correlate to the vehicle, you know, consistently parking in that position. Correct. That, that, is, a po that is a possibility still. Because okay. yeah. I'm just covering us for oh, a second. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, that's perfect. So 
-hmm. Yeah. So there is that. And he could, maybe that's what he always does. We don't know if he always does it, then I would lessen the chance of him, uh, purposefully parking that way. Well, if he, and look at all the tire marks on the, on the concrete. Yes. Yes. So now, that looks like a consistent pattern. Right. It could be right now. Yep. Now the other thing too, is if you look to the right there, you see a bunch of holes there where the FBI dug. Yep. Can you shed some light on why they look, Oh, maybe I'll show you. Sorry. I'll show you again. Why do they That's look right. that way? Like, is that, is, is that a, um, a method a typical method they would do to dig or is is that like just to find minor I shouldn't say minor evidence but uh how do I word this are they looking for bodies or are they looking in that kind of thing are they looking for just like something looked off and they're gonna methodically dig yeah so there's a couple things there I mean that's consistent with prodding so okay. they use a they use a prod for soft soil Yep. to see if to see if it's ever been disturbed. Hey, Gosh. go back to that picture again. The the yep. one the one hole that concerns me is see the table into the back? Yep. Is that a hole or is that a weed in the back? Uh where the table the is? Table. Uh like um headed, let me just headed towards the pool there. See it uh in between the fence and that little table back there. Oh, back in the back. <laughs> like mm -hmm. where that little house is. Or, right. yeah, it's hard to see. I I don't think so. I, th I think I had another. Let me let me just look there. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I can't tell back by the table there by the wood. Yeah, you see the wood. I don't mm -hmm. know if we did. I have to take another look at some other pictures if there are some. But okay. um, let's go back. I think that is just that. I don't think that's a hole or anything there. But he was seen, you see where the gate is? He was seen over near the opposite side, it looked like, in the, in the video. But I, I can't confirm that. I'm not too sure. Okay. And the other thing that we have here is yep. you notice there's a, there's a gate to that back driveway. Yeah, that's, that's the gate he's talking about. He's, that's, right. that's the only spot these children can leave from. Okay, so let's presuppose the children disappeared before any of this. Yeah. Could he have parked that vehicle in the back of the house and, through that gate and then driven out of there? And now the second play here is the play that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so that's, you know, that, that would be something that we would have to process, right? Think, put it up. And one of the things that you, you would want to do is in an investigation is you, you get what we call, what we used to call the war room. And you get the storyboard, right? You take these, right. you know, Red. big sheets of paper, right? Put them up on the board. And then that would be one of the questions uh, or one of the, the concepts. Could he have driven the van in the backyard? And you put a big question mark by it, okay? Yeah. And then the second piece of that later on, as everybody is sitting in the room, okay, the, the case agent typically would would stand up and say, why? Right. And then you have another piece of paper next to that. Okay. And everybody just starts throwing out stuff against the wall. Okay. You know, and, and you start writing those things down. Okay. And eventually, you know, you, you basically try to storyboard, uh, you know, theoretical possibilities 
And then what you take a look at the evidence and does the evidence correlate to those theoretical possibilities? Yeah. If the answer is no, you scratch them off immediately and you don't go down those rabbit holes because you waste too much time. Yeah, yeah. I see that. So. Now, one of the interesting things you might find is the, the dogs came in, into the house, had the scent of the boys, but not outside. Now, if they're on a patio playing with chalk, the dogs mm -hmm. would, would pick that up, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, dogs are dogs. I mean, sometimes they catch scent immediately. Um, sometimes the handlers, you know, have to get them upwind, downwind, uh, right. almost, you know. So there's a lot of variables there, but yeah, you would expect, you know, the, the one of the things you would want to probably think through is, yeah, you would you would expect maybe the dogs would pick up that scent immediately. But um, anything again, that goes into the up on the board as a possibility. Uh, and you know what would be really cool for your office back there? You got to get a board because your mind, your mind is so it it processes such great information. And and I know your followers, they're just fantastic. But you need a little board. You got to get Mr. Linda to get you like a little easel. And then, you know, you can chalk some of those things up. Go ahead. We have, we actually have, my little one has an easel, but I also have a whiteboard across from me. Ah, um, so you're a list. So you're a list person. I'm, I'm kind of everything to be honestly. I, I do lists. I do visual. I do like timeline, like timelines. I'm very everything. I think patterns like, okay. and then I, I question all the time. Why? I, like exactly like you say, I'm always constantly why, like in Lori Vallow, why did she come back? You know, why is this? So I'm always constantly. So when I'm looking at Trizel and Jacqueline, why is he pushing them to go this way east and not west he the neighbor even says did you go this way no i was gonna come that way but i decided it was dark and cold and had was gonna call the cops and then one of the other things that i feel like is um yeah he pushes them that way but i find them uh hmm, how do i wear this okay you know in barry morphew i always say he's he was a hider i i i dub him that and i dubbed leticia a distancer I feel in their actions that they're lazy in their actions, Trizel and Jacqueline. And what I mean by that is if this was something that they were part of and they were planned, if mm -hmm. they would have, they were, are, are, and were very lazy in it, mm -hmm. meaning they would have searched a little bit longer and you think maybe even fake looking in the front yard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm not of the popular opinion where go to Bakersfield. I feel like if they are this lazy and something happened to those children, then they don't look at this area because that's where they keep, they're confident they're walking around. In fact, she says, I definitely know they're not walking around. And she says, they're going to be here, he says, in this area. And he wants to search the houses. So I feel like, oh, crap, go look here, but don't look just around the corner over here. That's right, a head fake, like a head I, fake, right? Right, but I think so lazy that it's close. <laughs> it's close. It's not going to be like the distance, like Letitia Stout. She goes the distance. I find these guys couldn't even make a picture of a chalk, like chalk writing on the ground or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I just 
I, that's my that's my intuition is like, or or my best guesstimate, judging on what he's saying. What are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, if if he is processing that, you know, uh, ahead of things, right? right. Uh, one of the one of the things that you know, once a once the first of all, you have two you have two victims potential, okay. So you have double the the thought process, right? Because you can handle. Remember, remember, you know, as is, who you covered, you know, extensively. Uh, CW. I'm not going to name it because you said yep. you will never name him again. I'm <laughs> not going to name it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. He he. Right. You you could see you know his all of his problems. Right. I'm not going to go there. But with right. this guy, with this guy, okay, they don't anticipate the amount of work that's necessary post mortem. Right? right. So they have to scramble. Okay. And that scramble sometimes looks exactly like eggs. Okay. Right. And so, so what you may be picking up on and what others are picking up on. Uh, and I listened to, you know, j- to mention duty Ron last night, you know, he had a former homicide guy on and what, what we're seeing potentially is, you know, not all the eggs getting into the, uh, into the grill. Okay. And so as a result of that, you know, believe it or not, that's what they, there's a terminology for that, and it's it's it, it's called leakage, <laughs> just what it sounds like. Okay? <laughs> and, and and those are those are pre indicator and post indicator behaviors. Okay? okay. So what they do is, you know, you start they start you know going, oh man, I didn't think about this, I didn't think about that. Okay. So they start filling that void in. Okay? Right. And that void becomes so crazy sometimes where people, you know, people just go, seriously? Yeah. You know, you're processing that. Okay. Uh, you know, a mountain lion really. Okay. See that's leakage. Okay. And so when you start connecting it to the probabilities of, of reality, you have to process, well, that may be, that may be one of those things that somebody didn't think about. Okay. Because there's going to be, you know, thousands of people that follow, you know, it's a crime, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands that follow it's a crime who go, really? I'm not buying that one yet. Okay. Yeah. So to answer your question, it's a long answer, but, and I apologize. No, don't answer, apologize. It's fascinating. Well, well to, to answer your question, that, that could be what's going on here. Okay. Where they're, they're in the curly shuffle right now. Right. Okay. They're trying to scramble eggs, okay? And everybody's going, yeah, but it just, it, it, it's not in the bowl. Yeah. It's just not, it's not in the bowl yet. Wrong recipe. Yeah. He, he wasn't anticipating the neighbor with, with the video. Do we know if the cops have that yet? Do we know if the police have that yet? Uh, the neighbor said that the FBI has it. Interestingly, Perfect. the chief said he's never, he hasn't even reviewed it. Well, and, and and that's not a that's not a mark on the chief because no no, he, I, no I'm just saying yeah. it's interesting because no. we don't know who has it right like yeah. Yeah. he's an administrator too remember that okay he's his guys on the the boots on the ground are you know he's probably going to get a call tonight saying hey chief I forgot to tell you <laughs> you know well right. don't do that again yeah, no, he's <laughs> yeah. been great and he's actually been I'm I'm surprised as how much he's actually saying to be honest, like yeah. if we compare it with the Morphew case, we've heard sweet tweet from, from 
what's his name? Um, Speezy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with, um, with this chief uh, Walker, I believe his name is John Walker. Mm-hmm. He's been saying like, listen, none of the neighbors, they haven't seen any children ever. Yeah. And he's yeah. also saying, you know, because the reporter is like, well, can I say this on my newscast tonight? Can I say that? And he says, can I say that you do not have physical evidence for sure, uh, you know, in this at all? And he's like, that's correct. And can I say you have a lot of circumstantial? And so he's answering quite a few questions on this, but it's been interesting how um, he wasn't too sure about about the video uh, from the neighbor. I found it interesting because he should know about it, meaning not saying he's not, you know, he's fibbing or anything. I'm just saying, man, he should know because to see this. So, and he's been saying like, we are not leaving the house. We haven't, we've seen no indicators that the children left the home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we need to yeah. be right here. And so he's saying, he's doing a great job saying stuff because we normally don't hear anything from. And, and, here, and here's the reason why. Because you have, right? yes, right. Here, here's the reason why they, you know, in order to go in, sorry. Uh, in order oh. to go from here to here, okay, no, yeah. she's fine. In order to go from here to here, i.e., you got to keep moving up, right? Uh, in order to say, hey, this is a stranger over here, the environment situation, the environment situation and circumstance has to change. Yeah. Okay. And until they can change those dynamics, okay, then they have to stay where where statistically. Uh, as you know, Greg Cooper, who, who was you know the designer of the continuum, Greg has said, you know, and he's taught thousands of law enforcement officers across the country, you know, look, you can't you can't go to point B until you have eliminated point A. Yeah. And sometimes and sometimes that painful. It's painful, and sometimes it's wrong. Okay, but you have to get to that place where you go. It's either painful or wrong. Okay. And then you can move to the next dynamic. So your, your intuition is 100% correct. Um, it may be wrong. Mine may be wrong. Yeah. Okay? But it's correct based on statistical and, and data and training that tells us right up front. Okay. Right up front. So, and that's why they haven't left the house yet. Yeah, you can, and bet, you can bet though they're processing the neighborhood. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm 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 um, interjecting, but they they are going through the neighborhood, and I understand that they're they're interviewing. The thing is, they moved September 10th into this home, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are saying, "Well, I don't know if the kids ever came." Yeah, interesting. To the house. Mm-hmm. So would they pick up, they'd probably still pick up a scent, right? Maybe it's on the couch or, but I, it, I don't. yeah, I mean, it's, it's those, it's, you know, there are so many what ifs. Okay? Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. Can that could, you would hope and you would expect that, yeah, the dog would, you know, hit on something and, you know, and that would lead you to point B. Okay. But, you know, I, I, I worked a little um, girl. Her name was Leticia Hernandez, uh, December 16th, 1989. You can look her up. Uh, she just evaporated out of her front yard. Okay. And, you know, at the time I was a dog handler. 
Okay? And I was asked to come in and do a do a scent search uh, with her. And you know, you, there you just you know you hook the you hook the uh, the leash up the lead, and you pull the dog's nose down. And the German um, you know command for that is Zook. Okay, and so the dog goes down and you know starts to do a search. Well, we went behind all kinds of just crazy places. Okay. Well, she was found up in the mountains, like 30 miles away. Okay. So, uh, and that was actually the first case that got me transferred into homicide. That was 1990. Wow. Uh, she was December 16th, 89 is when she was kidnapped. And in uh, like five months later, I was in, I was in homicide and I spent the rest of my career there. Okay. And so, to to the dogs, yeah, they're they're great tools, eh? but they're not always a hundred percent. Now, you know, attack dogs, yeah, you're gonna get them, you're gonna bite them because you're yeah. gonna see them, okay. <laughs> but scent dogs are just that scent. They need they need scent to operate, and um, yes. you know. So um, anyway, how did he get in the car from the passenger side? What, Why? What how thoughts? did he get in the car from the passenger side? Yeah, what well, do you he a Conaline van, right? And so he climbed into the he climbed in through the passenger side and hopped into the um and hopped into the driver's side and then drove off. Yeah, that was weird. I, I I'm I'm that's another red flag for me too. Yeah, and why I, can you elaborate a little bit on that? I, I don't know. I, I'm I, I hate to speculate on that one right now. I mean there's you know, there's so many variables that we could probably read into that, but you know, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure they're going to ask him. The neighbor just says he thinks, in his opinion, that it was because there's the two um, houses that had the surveillance across the street. Now, oh, my thing is going back to uh, this September 10th when they moved. Mm -hmm. I believe if if we could figure out if these the van was parked the Saturday and the Monday, if that was abnormal then I think the kids were there up until that week and something went down and then something had to be like Monday, we need to call the cops and let everything play out and we got to get going as his, as his terms, we got to get going. That's what I think. If, if we could figure that out, if he always parked like that, then we got a bigger problem because yeah. then you got to figure that out. Right. Yep. And, and yeah, no, I saw in one of your uh, viewers, said, uh, are the kids being interviewed? Uh, the other kids? That, that's a great question. And the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, CPS has stepped in and Department of Social Services. Uh, you can bet they're sitting down with uh, clinical, you know, uh, forensic interviewers Yeah. Uh, who deal with children all day long. Yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing. Okay. Um, if, if the kids are being interviewed, which you said they are, um, one of the things they're going to be talking about is have you seen these children possibly, right? right? So, yep. so I mean, I'm not sure about their level of planning or um, how astute they are, let's just say. Mm -hmm. But if that's the case, I couldn't see them being missing for four months and then they call it in because you mm -hmm. have four other children. So that's mm -hmm. why I also lean towards more, it was you know, a last minute Saturday, maybe something happened Saturday or Friday night or Saturday. And then they took the kids to Bakersfield, which only four was shown. Admittedly, there's, there's, we don't know which four, we don't know which four children, but four of them went. Mm -hmm. And so 
they come back and then they had two days to be like, okay, now it's time to call. We got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's the other thing is it, they shouldn't say they were missing on Monday. They were reported missing. It's just like Suzanne Morphew. Yep. She didn't right. go missing that day. We don't know. She just was reported missing on, right. right? On yep, mother. She vanished. She vanished. Yeah. So it's the mm -hmm. same. It's this kind of same issue. Now, mm -hmm. do you find it weird that he did not go the other way or did not want anybody to go the other way? Is that something you think, or you think, meh, maybe not? No, um, no, I mean, it was consistent, right? He went that, uh, I, in that video, you can see him consistently go in the same direction. So yeah, you, you have to, you know, that is definitely, uh, right. We call that DLR, right. Does not look right. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Remember DLR? I do okay. remember DLR. That That's DLR right there. In fact, I'm going to put another flag. So yes, now we're up to 10, Linda. Okay. okay. So here's the other one that goes part and parcel with that. Okay. So the area that he's searching is like mostly field. Okay. Right? Okay. Mostly desert, couple houses, other side, quite a few. And it's very quick to get to the um, highway that way. Notable, he used that same sort of way to go to Bakersfield, which is West. Why is he going out East and then West? So, What's he avoiding and why? Yeah. And so we don't know. Uh, and, but, you know, to this point, to this question here, uh, go back to the other house. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, and, and the, for two reasons, uh, Rita, uh, the first, the first reason is you have to do that just to eliminate it because if it is a homicide, you know, situation, then the first question is going to be asked by the defense attorney uh, to that investigator is, well, did you search the other house yeah. to see if there was any evidence that, you know, that uh, eliminated my, my client. Okay. So yeah, you want to get a search warrant, pull it on the old house or get consent from the new owner of the apartment or the house or whoever has it uh, get in there with an alternate light source, uh, some luminol, uh, you know, spray the heck out of that house, hit it with an ALS and uh, see what you got. And if there's anything there, bingo, you know, you, you, you can get some DNA, maybe some touch DNA. We'll see. Now retired Sergeant Melinda had another question too, and it didn't pop up. So I'm going to read it. She okay. says, awesome yep. questions and answers. Do you believe that there could possibly be more to the story than just the boys missing? There are many murders missing and more from my investigation, along with another one's investigating. Yeah, I mean, there's always more to the story. We used to call that film at 11. <laughs> you know, because you always see it on the news. Right. It's the worst. What's the worst feeling as an investigator? You know, when you got a journalist out there sticking a mic in a witness's face, he says, oh, yeah, I saw everything, you know. Right. Okay. <laughs> what did you tell me? <laughs> right. Yeah. And um, I just talked to you. <laughs> exactly. I just like, talked to you. What? what are you talking about? You know yeah. it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. What happened? Uh, so, what is Shelby? What's she Shelby asking? Says, what are your thoughts on the boys being sold? And also, how the heck did these people get approved to foster or adopt any children? You want to take that? What are your thoughts? No, you go, you go on this one because this uh, one <laughs> I'd like to know too. Okay, so yeah, the the Department of Social Services has an extensive. Uh, just go go when you get a chance after uh, the show here tonight. Go look at 
uh, Department of Social Services, California Department of Social Services, and look up their adoption policies. Okay? They, now, in the last 10 years, those policies have become a little more lenient, okay, where you know, requ- uh, the background check requirements are still uh, pretty you know, significant, right? But you know, some of the social requirements have been you know, loosened up. Okay, because, you know, they, they, you know, in in looking for the right combination for, you know, these poor children who are victims, okay, uh, including these two little, you know, sweet babies that we're talking about tonight. Okay, so they have to go through an extensive background check. They have to go through an extensive, even a psychological check, believe it or not. Uh, The state of California mandates that. Uh, And then they can be put into two categories, adopting adoption. Uh, or foster, okay, that, that a psychologist signs off and a couple other folks to, you know, CPS and, you know, a variety of other folks sign off, you know, Child Protective Services that, yeah, okay, these, this family is suitable uh, for one of these two uh, situations. In this case, it was obvious that, you know, the, the children, you know, had some very difficult circumstances. We don't know what, you know, the biological mom's totality is. And, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody. Um, but these kids ended up with this particular family and the courts agreed that, yes, okay, they should go over there. Now, there there has to be a question of whether or not Department of Social Services was still engaged in relationship to managing the, um, you know, the children through uh, the years. Okay. Sometimes the courts mandate that, uh, yeah. based on, based on the victimology of the children. If the children were come from an abusive, you know, environment, the courts will mandate that adoptive parents continually, you know, check into, you know, uh, the court to say, Hey, how are the children? Let's see the children. Let's get them some psychological evaluation to make sure that there's, you know, there's not post-traumatic stress and right. a variety of other things taking place. So, um, it's it's a pretty extensive extensive um, you know process and um, so one of the questions is going to be what were the what were the supervising conditions uh, in relationship to uh, these children as a whole and and Department of uh, Social Services and C- CPS is uh, going to be asked extensively about that by the investigators. Yeah, that's interesting, hmm. and so and so looking at that too because. They just were adopted, what, a year ago, I believe. It was the year they fostered them earlier. And then in, in 2019, or the, I believe, is when they were adopted. Mm-hmm. So the question that you start thinking is okay, was this just a last minute something happened type deal? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Shelby's asking, were they, were they being, were they sold? What's the likelihood of, anybody doing that once they adopt? I mean, does it happen? Have you seen that before? I'm not saying it's not impossible, but what's the, how does that work on the earth? You know, it, it certainly is a, a consideration, right? This would be one that, you know, we would put up on the board. It's a, just a really great observation. And, and is it a possibility? Uh, yeah. Anything's possible at this point, Right. But, you know, how many days are we into this now, right? They disappeared on the 21st. Almost okay. a month, three weeks, yep. Almost a month, okay. Um, so there's a high probability 
that, uh, you know, if that was a scenario, they're, they're going to be looking at, you know, phone records, computer records, you know, pings, all the, all the other, you know, um, you know, um, forensics oh. evidence. Go ahead. Yeah. Tech. Remember, yeah. They, took, they took all our tech. Yeah. Just yep. tech. And, yeah. And, and, and what they have there, there's some systems that you literally just go plug. Okay. And it will just dump everything uh, that that phone has been processing. So they have that up on a board right now somewhere, and it's sitting with an analyst who's do, who's doing a link analysis, and you know they're checking all around those power those tower pings, and and um, so that's the other side of the investigation that's going on. And the feds are, as you know, more than anybody with the Valo case, you know that that put uh, you know our boy in the back lot there by the fire pit. Right. Okay. So uh, that that's happening behind the scenes, uh, and um, you know they they can dump that stuff pretty quickly. Now I have a question because this came up yesterday with the chief. They mm-hmm. searched um, Silver Saddle Ranch, I believe it's called. They said it was okay. a twenty-acre uh, lo- property. Okay. They had fifty personnel on there. There was some sort of tip that came in that somebody saw a white van. So they went there. Now, here's my question. To have 50 people going on this property, yes, it's big, because he even said there's 20 acres. Mm-hmm. Would the police have to have a pretty um, substantial reason to go out there for to, to bring 50 people along? Like, is this, or is this something like, look, this is a big property. We need all the help we can get. Let's just either rule this out or not. So to answer your question, uh, it may be nothing. Okay. And so because this is a situation that this community now finds themselves in. Okay. It's a, it's a small community, you know, 14,000 people. Right. Yes. Um, and all of a sudden you have two children just vanish off of the earth. Okay. So the, the, the rule of the day is resources, okay? Right. And, and quickly uh, apply them, okay, to, to keep the investigation moving, okay? Uh, I can tell you, th- you know, through experience with missing children and, and, you know, children who have been subsequently homicide victims, you, you can go this way quickly, Okay, by getting a lot of resources and say, okay, I need 60 guys over here. Uh, Go hit that field, do a grid search, get it out of the way. Okay, while they're doing that, the investigator is actually going this way. Okay, he's going the other way. He or she is going the other way. Okay, Uh, so it frees them up to do what they need to do. So don't put too much, you know, don't don't hold a a jacket on that hook yet. Yeah, Uh, I don't on that. I found it yeah. interesting because it's been three weeks too. Yeah. And um and and somebody had mentioned that it's been there for a while, this tip. Yeah. So yeah. I so I also was thinking, um, because they're looking, don't leave the house. And a lot of people are like, Well, how can we search? He and the chief saying you can go search wherever, like, well, I'm never gonna say don't search. But to me, I was thinking, okay, um, you can go wherever you want to go search because they haven't left the house. So if you want to go out in the desert, have at her. They haven't yeah. left the house yet, and the and that's the the billion dollar question, isn't it? Um, how the heck did they leave that house if they're not in the house and there's no and there's no um, 
signs of them leaving the house. So where the heck are they? And well, those, those holes may be an indication. Uh, we don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate, but no. the whole the holes being in the backyard, you know, were they dug by the were they dug by the investigators or were they or, or were they there previous? I came in. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, some of that, you know, it may be, you know, some type of uh, evidentiary, you know, value. Uh, and it looks like there was one, two, three, four, uh, like eight holes, if I remember your picture. Seven. Let's look. Okay. Yeah. You know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Two, four, six, eight, nine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. And it would lead in, for for the FBI to go and just dig a yard up. They'd have to have something to go on to even. It's not like, hey, let's just look over here and poke a hole, right? Like, there's something to go on. We don't know what, but it yeah. would be right. Yeah, and if it, they typically would have put a, a a tent up of some sort, do we know? And they, you know, and they would have, you know, filtered out, you know, a variety of stuff. And we saw that in, in Suzanne Morphy's case, right? Yes. Remember when when they went down by the riverbed. And it's a very methodical, uh, it's, it's an archaeological dig. So if they just went in there and prodded and dug and prodded and dug and prodded and dug, okay, uh, there's a method to that madness, but it may be also uh, that madness is they're eliminating uh, certain things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like you said before, even in the Morphew um, case where, where they did got two search warrants and they were going in. When you first go in, you're either eliminating them or you're including them. It, right. it's, it's for two pur purposes or one or so, could be, you know, a minimum of two anyways. It's like, right. let's look at this. And if they're, you know, if they're part of it, they're part of it. If they're not, they're not. But we got to figure it out either way. And did she leave the house? Yeah, you got to eliminate it. And, and if they go back a second time, that's even, you know, problematic uh, times two. And the so, and from my understanding, if the judge gives you the go ahead, that's a big thing. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Linda. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like trying to sell a sell a car twice, right? <laughs> and then still the, say great deal <laughs> to, to the <laughs> same buyer to the same right. buyer. You know? yeah, well, yeah, I just yeah. bought this car. Well, yeah, we're well, we're back. It's got right. it's got wheels now. <laughs> right. <laughs> what wheels? Yeah, and it's, and the price is a little higher. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. So, Got it. Um, now let's go back just one sec because I want to hear about this flicking of the lights. I don't remember quite if that was a definitive. Is that a red flag? Is the lights a red flag or could be a red flag? Yeah, yes, it could be a red flag. And it, it could also be part of the play to like you were thinking. Right. Uh, but, you know, I don't want to go on a, on a limb right now. It, it no. could also... Yeah, no, it could also be him, you know, just turning on the light, you know, saying, well, look, you know, we can say we looked in the backyard, okay, right. to your point, right? So yeah. you'd want to get that in an interview, right? Go ahead. Yeah, it could be a couple, you know, three, four things, because you're sitting there going, well, wait a minute, why is it flicking on and off like that? Is he, isn't he, isn't he, isn't he? Like, and then it's like, yeah, it could be him saying, Okay, yeah, like you're saying, I, I search, see, watch, look, I'm turning on the light and I'm flicking the light off. Or it could be, why are you doing that? Is somebody watching? And if that's the case, then there's more than two people in this mess. But I guess that's where you put that up on the board, right? Could could there be somebody else in there 
Who were the people around the area? Who was driving? Did they go near the house? Did they meet up with them? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, um, you know, does the wife play a a role here? Uh, You know, that, uh, you know, he comes in and says, hey, you know, you're you're now part of this. Okay. And so they've got to separate those two. Uh, the cops were really smart when they got there to set somebody with them. And that's what you want to do with parents uh, initially, especially in a missing child, because if the child's found, then the last thing you want to do is start looking for the parents. Okay. So what, what uh, good investigation, you know, good police work one one is you, you look at an investigator and say, okay, you've got the family, uh, stay with them, period. Don't leave them, you know, uh, let them do whatever they need to do, but you're not leaving. Uh, and so that's, that's good police work by the fact that they assigned somebody. And she came out in the press conferences. Yeah. The cops was with us, you know, they wouldn't let us leave. Right. The other, the other reason for that is spontaneous statements. Okay. What they call spontaneous statements. So there where you'll get a suspect who, you know, leans over to the officer and the officer doesn't say anything. And we know, we can use that guy that I'm not going to name his initials or his name, okay, where he just kept, you know, saying, oh, you know, oh, oh, and the officer had his body camera going. Okay, right. Well, look what I found and look yeah. what I found and look what I yeah. Oh, look, her phone's here. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, those are all spontaneous. Okay. And that's evidence. That's evidence. Okay. That all goes into court. That's behavioral evidence. Go ahead. So children go missing. Parents call the cops. Is it always that way where the cops like you're with them, you're with them or only when it's a little bit off, something's not right? Um, You know, with missing kids, uh, missing adults are a whole different ballgame, right? Of course. Missing kids, you've got three hours to 72 hours. Okay. The first six hours are the most critical if it's like just, you know, my child was playing, she's gone or he's gone. Okay. So immediately, the first thing the police want to do is get resources right to that house. Yeah. Okay. And to your, you know, to answer your question, the first, the next thing they want to do is they say, Chris, you sit here with mom and dad. Okay. We're going to go look through the house. Okay. Uh, you'll see uh, mistakes made. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll just, I'll just throw out John Benet Ramsey is a perfect example. Okay, where the father just starts cruising through the house. Okay, right. next thing you know, he walks up the stairs with his with his daughter. Okay, so well, that's the point. Okay, there's an investigator there. That investigator's responsibility is not to say go search the house. Okay, that that detective's responsibility is to say, hang on, I'll get an officer. Let's go outside for a minute and talk in case something's found. Okay, right. I don't want you experiencing that trauma, right? That's training 101. Okay. And so in this case, the fact that they took an officer and typically it's a patrol officer, you, you, you sit down with that patrol officer, you, you know, an investigator or somebody, probably a supervisor made the decision. You're going to babysit this family quickly. And that was a really smart move because they may have gotten some information that we haven't even seen yet. Of course. uh, yeah, that they haven't even put out uh, on the, you know, into the press conference, right? 
would they tell them not to look? Don't go looking. Um, you know, it, it could be a 50, 50 when once, once they show up. Okay. Typically you don't want the, the family, you know, the mom and dad initially, you know, once the cops get there going, looking, what you want to do is, is kind of start focusing with them and saying, okay, tell me about so-and-so tell me about this. Tell me about that. Do you have pictures? I need pictures quickly because you want to put, uh, you know, what they call a bolo out, right? Be on the yeah. lookout. Okay? Yeah. You want to get them into NCIC, National Crime Information Center, quickly. Uh, and that way, any of this information, as, you know, officers know, uh, if they hit them up in a car somewhere and, you know, uh, an officer looks in the back seat and sees these two kids, you know, if it's an NCIC fast, Okay, that's why you need the parents with you to right. give you give me factual information, not about right. what happened yet. Okay, so we can get this information out quickly. So yeah. to answer your question, no, you don't want the parents searching right away. Not not yeah. not Must missing child. Possible how tall, how much weighs, how much, yeah. what they're wearing. Interestingly, they were wearing the same thing. Um, yeah. I saw that. I'm going to put that down. <laughs> You're right. at 11. <laughs> good, good. Detective, Detective Linda. <laughs> I come with the info awesome. snacks. I told you that. You're awesome. You're awesome. Keep going. Um, so you're at 11. Yeah. So there's a, there's 11 points here and there's some that I would say even you double the flag up, right? Because some of them are really strange like the 13 minute hanging out in the front yard before you call the officers. Here's one thing that's weird. Um, or another thing. The chief says the call came in at 5:45 PM. The neighbor has it in military time, but it was 14 uh, 30 when this all started, which is the same as what Trezell said between four 30 and five. But, but they're saying the chief saying, no, no, it was 545. And that Trezell told him he searched for 15 to 20 minutes before calling the cops. And Chief says, yeah, we arrived within five minutes, which I believe that was what showed in Cam. How was there such a discrepancy? Because I can see if Trezell didn't say in the interview, but he said between 4.30, 4.30 and 5, that's when everything played out. Mm -hmm. And but the video, does the video show the first inclination is the video management system, is it... Is it uh, you know uh, allotted for daylight savings time? That's so what my question is. But then it would still be off. Right. It's a, it would be an hour still. So um, you know the the CAD's not going to lie. Okay. When that nine one one call comes of in. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So the if only it, mm -hmm. go no, ahead. I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you you no, no, no. This I'm here learning. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm here learning. Are you kidding me? No, we're both learning. The only thing is, is when I looked on the um, sunset times, mm -hmm. it was 4.45 that day. And in the camera, you can see it start to get dark out. So yeah. it still does not make sense to me. We, we have to look at the sunset, right? Go, go look at what time did the sun go down there? 4.44 on, on December 21st. Okay. So it's in that, it's in that. Uh, margin of error through the through the lens of that uh, video management system, right? 
you know, the, is going to be determined on, you know, what the capability of that lens is. Yeah, uh, you so, should get dark. Yeah, it's getting dark. I, I could tell too. Problem, then that's a hour difference, and we see the cops arrive at four fifty-two. Okay, then so so maybe the video management clock isn't correct, but the CAD system, the nine one one call, it's is correct. Of course, yeah. And and that's problematic then for the for those family for that family because they're saying between four and five when it's actually five forty-five. Right. Okay. So that makes it even worse in a sense, because if they're saying 4.30, their children were gone, then they waited to call the police an hour and 15 minutes later. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. An hour and 15 minutes later. Yeah, that could be a problem. That's yeah. a major problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, what's going on here? Right. In exactly. terms of what's going on. Then you're yep. really, and you said, and you're telling the chief you uh, search for 15 minutes, but yet the neighbor's camera says something very different. You search for six. Sheree says, Chris, in your experience, why would the parents go through such extensive procedures for adoption only to abandon the kids in some manner? You know, that, that's a great question. And so uh, I would agree with you that most 99.9% .9 of parents who adopt children who have been through traumatic experiences would not abandon them uh, in such a manner. So then you have to look at, you know, what was, what was the contributing, what we call contributing victimization, meaning was there, was this uh, an accident that took place right. and, you know, those kind of things. And so, you know, now you have to start looking at those dynamics. Was this an accident that turned into, you know, the death of a child? Uh, and now you have the other child. And now one child becomes an accident. One child becomes a specific intent act. And so now you have, you know, a manslaughter versus and a homicide. So now they kind of, you know, come together and you have two, you know, um, you know, two problems here, you know, first degree, because the second one now is, is obviously, you know, premeditation. He's thinking about it, if that's the case. And we're right. not saying it is. We're not saying it no. is. So. But if it is, and, and that's the thing too, is, it's interesting the situation because you don't have just one child missing. You have two. And that is if we're even just playing it out as somebody came and took these children. It's a lot harder to take two children, three and four years old, than it is just take one, right? Yeah, I no, mean, totally agree. Great, great, great comment. Yeah. Does it happen I'm sure it does happen, but does it happen all that often that a predator would take two at a time or do they, is that too risky for them? Yeah. I mean, a stranger situation. Yes, that could be uh, Wesley Allen Dodd did that. Okay. He okay. killed two boys. Right. And, but he was a hunter. Okay. In this situation, this situation doesn't even, he, these people don't even fit that, um, that profile at all. Right. Uh, meaning that victim, that that behavioral profile, not profile profile. They they just it just doesn't fit the narrative. Yeah. So my guess is going to be, uh, you know, and and without knowing a lot lot more, you know, initial initial brush is if this is a situation that um, you know just got out of hand, uh, and then it turned into something that even got bigger. Um, we may find that's going to be the the end result at the end, or, or quite frankly, you know, it could be as 
as devious as, you know, some of the other tragedies that we've uh, all seen, uh, you know, taking place in, in um, you know, the world today. So hopefully it's not, but. Yeah. Odds are, odds are that the, unfortunately, you know, this far into this, it, it, it could potentially have a, you know, a real problem at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. hopefully, the, hopefully they're into it. So and what else you got, Linda, Miss Linda? I mean, this is well, a great conversation. I am so, I'm so grateful that you're here and we're chatting about this and so easy to chat with you too. So, and you're answering some amazing, amazing questions being flown at you by, by our awesome people in here. We have 2,674 people hanging out with us tonight. And um, I'm sorry if I'm missing anybody's super chats or their comments. I'm I'm trying to do two things at once. I really do need somebody to help uh, help with me uh, in this. Um, Healing Within says, Trizel also slipped and said, when they accused them of not showing concern, Trizel said, I have been going through it for the last two days. Yeah, he did say that because um, they were asking, uh, you're not showing any emotion. And he says, I've, I've been going through it for the last two days. He did say that. But that that was, remind me, you guys, and I should know this because I've, don't, don't, uh, I've been diving into this interview for so long. What day was it that they actually got interviewed? I think it was like 10 days later, wasn't it? Because they went missing on the 21st, and I think they didn't, I feel like it was a, a week and a little bit later. Somebody will know that answer. Your 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 people are just amazing, really smart. They and are I, super smart. The super everybody's smart. so super smart. Yep. Um, if I missed anybody, you guys can uh, put it in. Maybe the mods can put it. 23rd, somebody said. Oh, there you go. Jessica says, Chris McDonough, you look so handsome with your haircut. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, my, my wife said, get a haircut. Okay. <laughs> yes, dear. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. Um, um, Sergeant Melinda says, answer my question about seeing the doctors. Okay, I got I don't have that. Can you repeat it? And then we'll, we'll be sure to put that up. Sorry. It's it's really tricky to find all these um, super chats. For some reason, the the thing that I use, it jumps. And so I miss sometimes and then you can't even go back. It's crazy. Mm. Oh, December 23rd. So it was only two days. That's so weird. He Why did right. I he told the truth. Some ways he did tell the truth. In some mm. aspects he did. And then when he did some crazy things, it's like, no, that's not right. No, that's not right. So there we go. Now that now that it is December 23rd, I am leaning towards more, yes, those boys were in the, that home, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And um, I just don't know what he did on Saturday. He had a two-hour window. And I'm worried about not going the other way west. And I feel like they're going to be closer than we think, in my opinion. It's okay, so Sergeant Melinda, Super Chat, according to many YouTubers' careers, you never go through, don't, okay, but body language and interview was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Tendalife Life yeah. says, Linda, I spoke with a close friend of his today who also did his home loan and gave him a personal $5,000 loan to move. She said he told her in July that he only has four kids, not just adopted total kids. 
okay, one of the things um, that I, I want to know then is because I know they have two bio kids, two adoptive, and the two uh, other ones I believe are foster. When did they foster those children? That would be the question because yeah. that could be a true statement. However, when did they foster those other ones? Was it recent, right? When you agree, Chris, did you say the same thing? Yes, or and here's uh, Melinda's uh, uh, question. Go roll it, scroll it down. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to get past her. I'm sorry, and I'll answer you. Me neither. Okay, um, where are you? There you go. When was the last time they seen an an ad or have they? An ad or have they? Anyone know that that will say a lot because the boys were very malnourished per bio mom. Interesting. Yeah. So when did the state check in? Is that your question? I yep. No, I, I have the same question. That was, and that would also go to this to this last comment that was just made um, by uh, you know tend to life that yeah. um, you know is the state engaged here? Uh, is CPS and Department of Social Services engaged? Those reports uh, are going to be critical to laying out a timeline yes. in relationship to the the nourishment and uh, you know the condition of these children based on, especially if they had to still had foster children uh, in the in the in the family. Because remember, those children are are still wards of the court, right? Okay, and it's um, it's H and S is what's called the Health and Safety Code W and I. Welfare and institution. So those those children actually are wards of the court, uh, and basically, you know, the the they would have to be managed by Department of um, you know Social Services and CPS. That the family does not manage those children; they just sleep there. Right. Uh, so go ahead. So now, if if the kids are because the kids are adopted, do they still continue on saying? And maybe this is piggybacking on what you're saying, um, would they say, okay, you'd actually have to see a doctor every year for regular checkups? I mean, in Canada, you would anyways for their, you know, yearly checkup or whatnot, but would they actually say, yeah, you're going to have to do that every six months, every year or anything like that? That's possible. There could be a condition of the adoption. Yeah. The courts could say, because, and that would be depend on what the, the potential physical and or psychological traumas were to right. the children before they went into the home. Right. Because, because remember, the court is saying, yes, you can adopt these children, but here's the conditions as a result, uh, uh, condition of that adoption. Right. Okay? So they would have to go through that process, and it could and, be a condition that medical. If they had any kind, like, I'm not sure. Now, Melinda, can you tell me, is it the boys were malnourished before or during, like before or after? So, were they just tiny before? I think I read somewhere that one of the boys was a preemie. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Um, but if it's a case like that, too, you know, you have slow growth or small growth, they would be going to doctors anyway to mm -hmm. find out. That would be interesting. And when you go into a new city, I know here in Canada we do, you go to a new city and move, you find a new doctor. Mm -hmm. So did they have a regular doctor? You know, uh, and who's on the list? Because you usually bring them in in Canada. Anyways, I don't know how the, you guys do it, but we go in and we have a uh, meeting with the doctor first and mm -hmm. then go. So that would be interesting to find out as well. Yeah, the, the medical side of this uh, is definitely a lane. I think we all need to keep an eye on here. 
because you know the those because they were you know they were adopted children and there were potentially foster children uh, still in play here. Yeah. So, they're still potentially at, uh, yeah, he was a preemie, it looks like, right? Four pounds at birth? I was four pounds at birth when I was twin, so. <laughs> when, when, when I was born, they slapped my mother. <laughs> Just so well, you know. <laughs> I, I came out feet first, so I'm the backward black yeah. sheep person. So, okay. yeah, but four pounds, I mean, it's still, you know, pretty small. Uh, if you're not a twin, it's it's pretty small. So So maybe. Maybe it's one of those things too. I don't know which one. So, and there's also um, one of the kids had a fractured leg, a lower leg, but some people are saying it's from prior. It's not recent. The chief was also asked about that on an interview and he hadn't know he didn't know about that. He, he actually looked kind of surprised and said, yeah, I didn't know. But um, they did talk about that. And then some other people said, because I was wondering, well, if you have a fractured leg, what are you doing on the, how are you going to be bending down on the patio playing with chalk? You could be sitting on it, but then you got a cold bum, you know, little three and four year old playing. Mm -hmm. um, but they did say fractured lower left leg, I believe it was. It was one of the legs anyways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hey, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I used, I saw a lot of what they call twist fractures in children where, you know, the, the suspect grabs and twists. And I'm sure your husband can tell us all about that stuff, but you know, the, the, um, you know, the parents think that, um, you know, if they grab them and then you right. know, they, they inadvertently or they purposely do that. So you, we see that a lot in, um, you know, child abuse and homicides. So it's, it's horrible. It's just horrible. And they're not so, saying that's the case here. No, but, but yeah, it's a possibility because it's, they're little brittle bones anyways. They're not even, they're just developing. A lot of things aren't even bones yet, you know, yeah. and their hamstrings is cartilage and stuff, right? Till a certain age. So that's it's, interesting. Just horrible. Just horrible. Yeah. I mean, the things that you don't, we don't think about because, you know, we're not, uh, we're not there. So what else? What else, Chris? Yeah. So what is this, uh, William Terrell, age three, vanished, unsolved. There was a foster adoptive situation. Okay, that's just somebody coming in. Uh, supposedly the child was left in the care of someone else when the leg was fractured. Okay, so it doesn't belong to them. Um, and but Chris is a doctor. No, uh, I'm not a doctor, but, um, you know, I, at all. <laughs> uh, but I've been around enough doctors and seen enough children uh, with those types of problems to, you know, maybe take a guess at it. So we'll see. Um, one of the, Shelby asked again and her thing just um, vanished, but she was asking, would the state be okay with them with six children living in a three bedroom home? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, they could. Yeah. I mean, because they're going to look at the two uh, as adoptive as belonging to the family. And so they're going to be looking for the foster children. To, is this an environment that, you know, they could plug them in and would a three bedroom home work three and three bunk beds? I don't know. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. It's in, it's interesting. Oh, um, four sons. Mom says that's what I've heard about this little guy, but was done by bio mom twist fracture. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. There um, you go. Yeah. I, I heard about that. So man, it, it's just, it's one of these cases that 
your bo- your mind is boggled. You're seeing these parents on the interview and right away, like things just don't, you're just kind of going, what, what? And I think that's what's intriguing to many people besides the fact that the major thing is that the children are gone. These two babies are, are just vanished in thin air and no one vanishes in thin air. It's not possible. So where are the children? And I think that's where the, you know, parents are getting riled up because they're seeing something's not adding up. Uh, Obviously the chief knows it's foul play. He said it right from the get go. It's foul play. Mm -hmm. I he says, I suspect foul play. So now the question is, where are the babies? And um, and that's the thing. So let, let's talk back again to your channel, because before we close out, I know, we've man, we've been yapping for two hours almost. <laughs> Look at us go, Chris. I don't even think that's the record, actually. <laughs> What's the record? What's the record? I don't know. Let's not hit the record. <laughs> like, no, no, not tonight. You need to get to sleep, poor guy. You're two hours ahead. We're good. We're good. How are you guys liking this? Let me know in the comments below and be sure to go to Chris's channel as well. Uh, someone put the link there and and uh, be sure to subscribe because it's just going to be awesome. And we really, really got to see the one on the 24th. I am super fascinated about this. And um, it's going we'll to be good. I mean, it's not going to be fantastic, right? I mean, don't you know, people aren't going to fall over and go, oh, yeah, but, but you know, I, I talked to Barry. You know, it's that simple. And he knows I'm not done. Let me put it to you that way. Okay. I would and love to keep fly on that wall. Keep going. So, no, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just bait you for a second. I'm teasing. Uh, he hung up on me. Okay. So it does we'll, not it, we'll let it sit there. Okay. <laughs> but you know, we'll see. We'll see what's going to go. And, and I'm not saying he's in the circle, out of the circle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. You guys have to be there with me on the 24th. We're, we're making it a date. We're going to be there. Yeah, and you have to come. I am. I'm happy. You mark, yep. Just let me know the time. No, oh, it's it's going to be 7:30. So we're going to play the video at seven. Yeah. So our channel. This is the way the the channel is going to work. So uh, every Sunday at seven o'clock, I'm, I'm going to drop something. Right? Okay. And then probably the fourth Sunday we'll do a live and probably some live stuff in between that. Uh, but you know, my schedule is just going a hundred miles an hour. And so I, I don't want to, you know, over promise and under deliver. Okay. So um, I want to make sure that our con- my content uh, and I have my sweet wife, you know, who's a hundred percent on board. Uh, and, you know, she, yeah. So everybody knows, you know, she, she was an investigative journalist. Uh, she's been doing that for 30 plus years. So um, actually, you know, she's a, she's a lot smarter than me, but so she's, you know, kind of uh, writing some of the story ideas and she's got some great ideas and, and we're going to hit, we're going to hit some really uh, interesting cases, true, true crime. Uh, and then, like I said, you know, we'll have some whimsical stuff in there. And of course, you know, um, we feel blessed that, you know, we're able to do it, you know, from an airstream. And of course, you know, we're trying to figure out how Buddy's going to react uh, because, you know, he's he's a little rascal. Uh, but, uh, it, it's going to be a whole thing. So um, so that's that's the plan. And on the 24th, so we're going to do the seven o'clock 
premiere and release, you know, the, the, the conversation. And, and then at seven 30, we're going to do the first live. And I would be honored if, uh, you know, you, you can carve it out of your schedule, come over. I've got a couple other guys coming over. I'm not going to say who yet, uh, but uh, they're the real deal. And uh, they're going to be some pretty uh, interesting characters uh, that, um, you know, and then, if, um, you know, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. And my, my whole intent of this whole thing, it, re- it really is, if I can help somebody, then, then that on one of the things that, uh, you know, could be a weakness, could be a strength. I'm not really sure what it is yet. Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes it doesn't, uh, is, um, I can't let go. Uh, when I make a commitment to something or somebody, then I don't let go. Uh, and that tenacity, uh, has, you know, gotten, that's how I solve crime. And, uh, you know, and so my wife says, you know, you, you need to do this. Mike, Mike says, you need to do this. And so I'm doing it. And it's called the interview room, uh, you know, with Chris McDonough. Um, I hope you can join me. Uh, for the adventure. <laughs> I'm sure you're going to teach me a lot. And, and I want it to be a fun place. You, you know, uh, like Linda, I mean, you, you've, you've done a tremendous amount of service uh, to a lot of people. And, and I know, you know, even though this is kind of a YouTube thing, uh, I know that your husband and you and, and your family, you know, the, this is something that is from your heart. You know, you didn't just pick up the, the Vallow thing by accident. You know, it was something that drove you. And and I know Suzanne, I mean, I see her picture over your, your shoulder up there. Okay. You know, these are the these are real people, right? And and I see the kids back there. And so, you know, if we can, you know, collectively put our, you know, minds together and and we get success, you know, then I guess that's good. The the you know, there's an old saying, you know, that um, whenever God opens a window, he closes a door. And, you know, that, that's the way it is. And so we just, um, you know, cross my fingers that, uh, I hope I, uh, I'm able to, you know, deliver what, uh, <laughs> what the expectations are, um, you know, and, and we'll have fun. We'll have a lot of fun. That's the Yeah, it, it's going to be great. And, you know, that's the thing is we're putting our hearts out there and, and that's that it, it's not going, it's not going to be anything, but our passions and our love for helping and putting the truth out there. So however that looks, I mean, when we first start and I still stumble, I stumble tonight, I stumble all the time, (laughs) right? But you just get your foot and just keep going. I mean, people saw last year, I had this ugly yellow wall and all these kinds of things. And I just didn't matter. I just sat down, I had my paper. I'm just going to see what, you know, uh, say what I see and we'll see what happens. And here we are. Right. And here we are. I'm hanging out with my buddy. And yep. we're here having we this it's just like mind blowing. <laughs> we we're should happy. be talking about hockey though. You're in I Canada. Know. You're in Canada. <laughs> and cold and being cold. Yeah. So when I see the weather you guys are people are having, it's like that's not cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. cold. Mine is 40 up here. Well, maybe not right now, but yeah. So we have a couple more questions, Chris, and then I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Uh it's uh, Kayla says, is it telling that in the little he said in the interview, he said they are rambunctious and they are like are rough and like to wrestle with each other. And um, so is it telling? So I guess the word rambunctious and and he did say they, they're very rambunctious. They like to wrestle. They like to play. 
Uh, I guess, what are your thoughts on that word? Well, re remember what we were just talking about? Uh, you know, is is this a is this leakage right. to to cover recover to to you know paint over recovery? Let's say hypothetically the children are recovered and they happen to have broken bones. Okay. Well, the first thing he's going to say when he sits in the interview room is, oh, yeah, they just, you know, I, I even said they used to wrestle. Okay, that could have happened long before I ever got there. Okay, so those are the kind of things that you just kind of put them on the wall and you say, okay, you know, you know, and, and, and a good investigator in an interview will sit down and really, really break that down. Uh, and, you know, you, you really want to go into that, uh, you know, the granular uh, principles of of, a, of human behavior, of human existence, you know, right back to. So, what exactly did you mean? Yeah. You know, and and let them tell you, and and the most uh, successful uh, interviewers are the kind that keep their mouth shut. Okay? You got one of these and two of these, okay? and you know, that was one of the things that my, my sweet wife said to me years ago. And I think I shared it with you a while ago, Linda, and that, you know, when she first met me, she was like, you know, well, you know, you're like talking to one of my girlfriends. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, well, there, there goes my machismo card, you know, out the window. You know, goodbye. And she goes, no, she goes, you like to talk. I said, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. It evident of the fact that we've been chatting for an hour and 56 minutes now. So, like that. Okay. I just subscribed. Thank you so much, Trish. And, and Linda, I, I, you know, I'm going to let you go because I will chat you up for days. Um, thank you so much for, uh, you know, inviting me here tonight. I'm, I'm really grateful. And uh, I know oh. we're going to do, we'll do a lot more of this, uh, you know, as we go along, we'll learn together. Yeah, um, absolutely. I learned so much from you already. And um, I'm always up for racking your brain. You know that. <laughs> I want to know Any, more, know more, and know more. Shoot a call. And we'll have you on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have one more. This is, I got to, on a, on a good note, we, we're going to, you're going to laugh at this. Let me just okay. say this because it's kind of something fun here. Um, yep. Oh, it's not going to show. Um, Darzan says, soon 144,000 subs, say no more, say no more. Keep going, Linda. We have this yes. thing about hitting 144,000 because Lori led the 144. And yeah. the, the kind of joke here is Linda has to get there first before they led the 144. So this is what this is all about. Those 12 tribes of 12,000, right? Right. Is that, is that what she calculated that math? I still, I still love your, uh, what did you call it? The uh, portal potty? The portal potty chats, portal potty. That was hysterical. Who came, you know, the, I mean, to think that's how they're, that's how they were communicating. Right. If I remember right for what you said. Yeah. He would go in his portal and he would communicate with, uh, with Lori. And then I said, well, it's the only thing you're going to be communicating is in your portal potty. And so people are like, bah, ha, ha. And I made an emoji out of it. And, awesome. uh, you know, sometimes you got to keep it light. Right. Mm. I mean, these cases are so dark, like in Letitia, in the Gannon Stout case with Letitia, and she did some of this leakage like you're talking about. Like, oh, the reason why you found that sock over in, uh, you know, 50 miles or 100 miles away or whatever is because I was driving my truck and the wood fell out of the. So she was doing kind of that thing. But in, in that case, um, that's one of the things that are near and dear to my heart is 
is Gannon. Gannon's a huge, huge case last year. And he's just, he stole my heart and everybody's hearts. Right. Uh, one of the things though, to keep it light is Letitia's shenanigans. Cause I'm angry at her, but at the same time, it's like, uh, she made up this guy, Eduardo with the G Eduardo. And she said, he's, he's involved in this. And, um, she made up some cockamamie story to the in investigators and long story short, I started making a joke out of it. And, you know, because you keep it light and mechanism too. yeah, absolutely. Cause it, I, I was crying every single day when sure. and I still think about him every single day. Right. And so I would start making jokes like, okay. Egg, and one of my members said, Eduardo Amaletto, right? So we call him Eduardo <laughs> with because he's a fictional character. And so right. we have an egg, like cracked eggs and then an omelet pan, like Eduardo Amaletto. <laughs> so sometimes you just, you do what gets you through and, you know, sure. you just try and keep it light a little bit. So thank you so, so much, thank Chris, you. for coming on. Thank you so much to everybody in here tonight yeah. for keeping it classy. And there is 2,600 people hanging out with us tonight. And um, please go and subscribe to Chris's channel. It's it's just awesome. You're awesome. And you'll be all back on, I'm sure, uh, very soon. And I will see, you on, see the you on the 24th, right? I'm in there. I'm going to put okay. it in my planner. <laughs> Done. Okay, good. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you to the mods. Love you, everybody. See ya. Bye.